Well, we're super excited to have uh, Daniel Yang, director of the Send Institute. Welcome to Take 5. Paul, thanks for having me, man. Excited yeah. to be here. It's so good to have you. And you do have some Canadian ca- connection, even though you live in Chicago. That's correct? I do. I uh, Up until about uh, 18 months ago, I was in Canada. I was planting a church in downtown Toronto uh, called Trinity Life Church. Uh, uh, and uh, it's a beautiful church. It's going strong. It's growing. Uh, I miss it tons. But yeah, we were there for about five years. Okay. And mm-hmm. so have you switched over all of your allegiances, sports allegiances to the Chicago teams? Uh, no, no, man. I'm, I'm still rooting for game seven. I, I don't know when this, this episode's going out, but I'm, I'm hoping game seven uh, goes to Toronto. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'll, yeah. It'll be a little bit after, but not too far. Hey, okay, we, okay. Hey, hey, we want to jump in to talk about uh, a little bit about what Send Institute does and we link a lot of articles to our site. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Sen Institute's about? Yeah, th- thanks for that. You know, we started the Sen Institute with the hope of helping those uh, who are leading in church planting to think better about church planting. And it's not so much uh, trying to provide all the models that we think are successful, but it's kind of stir the thinking because, you know, North America is changing quite rapidly. And uh, some of our church planting models are still based off of North America from 30, 40 years ago. Actually, I put out a tweet yesterday that talked about how uh, we're further away from when Rick Warren planted Saddleback Church in 1980 to uh, to the year 2040. Uh, when this applies to the U.S., but maybe even to Canada. But in the U.S., 2040, um, the first time ever, U.S. will be a non-white um, majority country. Wow. Whites will be less than 50%. And so this changes the dynamic of church planting, and we're just trying to help people process that at the Senate Institute. Yeah, and you're providing great research, and, and so thanks for all that you do. What mm-hmm. about networks? You've done some research, done some digging on networks, both internal and denominations, and even those that are maybe external, work independently, but multi-denominational. Mm-hmm. Multiply Network and PAOC is just one year old. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about the benefits of a network in a denomination. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to encourage you. I mean, I know a year ago we were having this conversation and it's really neat to see what you guys are putting together already. You know, the basic idea behind a network is it allows you to work in partnership with other groups. And sometimes it allows those boundaries to be a little bit more fluid than denominations would typically allow you. But there's also kind of two kinds of networks. There's like an intranetwork. And so that's a network that's kind of composed inside of a network. And again, it allows you kind of the infrastructure and the space to do things that typically the denomination wouldn't do day to day. And it's like an alternative structure, but it has the same mission and it has the same tradition. And you can work alongside of each other. There's also like, you know, external networks like Acts 29 that are multi-denominational, multiply, I guess they used to be called C2C, they're multi-denominational. But uh, I really think uh, intranetworks are very um, uh, important and they're also very valuable because in a sense, it's kind of like Google X, you know, there's Google and Google's got its core business and they have your internal network where it's kind of like, you know, the Google X of the, of the denomination, right. more flexibility, more experimentation, uh, those kinds of things. I've always thought that our church planting uh, arm of our, of our fellowship really needs to be an R&D, like a research mm-hmm. and development, like what's working, yeah. what's not, different models. Are you seeing that with networks? Yeah, I am. You know, I, I, I like to see more, but I, okay. what happens with networks over time is that they become like denominational like, right? 
Um, okay. And so, especially once they become large, but I think you're right. I mean, if networks really embrace the fact that there's less boxes that you put uh, church planters and church models in, then that does really provide an atmosphere where you can do more R and D and more experimentation. And so what would you get, what advice would you give us, you know, just as we finish up the interview, what, what advice would you give us as a network to, uh, as we work with our fellowship? Yeah. You know, I would say strategically champion those that are experimenting and those that are being very missionally innovative, Yeah, Ch- you know, uh, champion them, but also, you know, continue to work with your traditional church planters and you just, you just don't want to create this us versus them culture. Right. And I think the important thing is to, to uh, support both of them and to not make either group feel marginalized, but at the same time, uh, you know, really champion the ones that are really trying to reach hard to reach people. And usually they tend to be the most innovative. Hey, Daniel, thanks so much for jumping on today. And thanks for, you know, helping us out in Canada. I know, yeah. uh, I know the Send Institute's looking to expand and, you know, yep. get more research and data. So we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for jumping on today. Yeah, well, I miss it. And thanks for having me.